Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Treat me like you did the night before, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Big wins for Chelsea, Everton and the Toon in the Cup. It's Thursday, 24th of September. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Vidushina Hunter-Raja. Hello, everybody. Oh, it's Thursday. What a thrilling Thursday it's going to be as well. Vish, you did a little dance there. I did, yeah, yeah. Only in his chair, though. Only in his chair. I didn't want to get up because I, th- I think there's enough wires here that I'd trip myself up. I'm Defying James Brown. Yeah. Get up. Off of that thing. <laughs> yeah. Take it to the bridge for at least. Take it to Stamford Bridge. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And we will do in a moment, ladies and gentlemen. But I tell you what, to, uh, who, who felt very good indeed last night was, of course, Josh Brownhill with that goal for Burnley. Why are the, why are the defenders not getting out to him quicker? <laughs> why, I'd, I'd, have why him, I'd have that... him first thing this morning. <laughs> such a such a good goal. Do you look at the Sistine Chapel oh, and look for the smudges? I do, yeah. I'm, 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 I think you'll find it's pronounced the Sixteen Chapel. You've embarrassed yourself there. Yeah. Uh, Is it really? No, of course it isn't. <laughs> Goodness, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've, pronounced, I've pronounced so many things wrong on this show. I've uh-huh. got to be careful. Um, I was going to say, no, of course not. It's a brilliant goal. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, it was the best goal of the evening. And, and, and uh, further evidence, if more was needed, which it wasn't, no. that the ball hitting some kind of part of the frame of the goal on the way in mm. probably makes it, would you say, 10 times better? Yeah, definitely. And also the fact that they're box goals now. The mm. fact that all teams have box goals. Yeah. You know, there was a stage 
I say stage, it was probably about 30 years ago <laughs> when, you know, you drop drop down a couple of levels and you've got those weird little angle goals. Yeah. I don't like... Box so if, goals are good goals. If I'm standing on the byline and I'm looking at the goal mm. side on, mm. if I don't see a deep net, mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't satisfy me. No. Yeah. I don't like a shallow net. Do you? No, I don't think I do. I, the, the, the nets that were always very questionable, and I will find favour here with one Luke Aaron Moore, were uh, at the Dell at Southampton. 100%. Famous v- for it. Very strange nets they had there. Was it Mark Hughes who scored yes, there? Yes. It wasn't given because it hit the advertising board and came yeah. out. And it was it, obviously a volley. Absolute Mickey Mouse club. <laughs> <laughs> all your Southampton mates going to... Oh, yeah, all of them. He yeah. doesn't have any. They'll be queuing up. I don't have any mates. Southampton <laughs> 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 mates. Can't be that choosy. No. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, I, just, I mean, what a beauty. And, and Marcus, a little, worthy mention. A little kiss off, off the bar. Yes. A little smooch as it goes past. The best of that would be yeah. on the side of the bar, bounce, hit the bar again, go in. Mm. You're not stopping that keeper. Pick no. it out. Let's go, let's go again. It's Pick the bones true. out of that and let's take the kick off because you are not stopping that. You're not stopping it. You're flipping so-and-sos. But I'll tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, we mentioned Stamford Bridge. Let's go straight there now. They, they gubbed Barnsley. <laughs> uh, those little slugs turning up to the capital thinking yeah. that they... With their, with their northern dreams. Uh, Gerhard Struber's slugs. Hang on a minute, it's a proud town. Behave yeah, yourselves, all right? And um, what, what what constitutes a gubbing? Uh, well, that would. Give people a reminder how many goals we're talking. A thrashing, I would say. I Because a 3-0 could be a bit of a gubbing, depending on the manner. Yeah, true. You know, true. I think it's got to be at, at, at least three. I don't. I don't think. I don't think um, there needs to be any finesse with the gubbing because a three nil gu- to term it a gubbing, you'd have to look into the game, pull out f- a few xG stats and possessions. I think you need it unequivocally on the scoreline. This is a gubbing. You yeah. have been gubbed. Marcus has <laughs> got his Gary own, Allen himself. Marcus has got his own little algorithm. Uh-huh. He decides it's a gubbing or it isn't. I'll tell you what made it a gubbing. <laughs> it's always nice to see, look at the Opta um, stats after the game oh, and the Opta yeah. information and see that four separate Barnsley players. Can, uh, committed what is technically an error. Oh, so right. four separate goals were technically an error. Ah, oh, so it was. It should have been only two nil then. And it wouldn't have been a gubbing. No, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't have been, been a very professional They'd performance. Have saved themselves that. Yeah, uh, ridiculousness. Uh, Kai Havertz, of course, scored a hat trick. Lampard was very pleased with his uh, with his young German. There wasn't he? he was he was purring. He, he was he, he said he was so pleased for him. Lots of nights like this at Stamford Bridge to come for him. Vish <laughs> gets Barnsley with no fans. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. the glamour, the romance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the deeper they go in the cup, that's not going to happen. Kai, Kai Havertz went, that's what I signed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. True, yeah. I, I, felt, I felt like, um, I felt, I mean, I don't mean this, it's hard to think about the phrases in like a that's not patronising because Barnes are a proud club and you know, an important club and, and, and there's no doubt about that. They've got a good history as well. Mm. But it's not easy for them coming up against you know, a, a front, a front, f- yeah, front four of mm. uh, of which Kai Havertz, who's one of the world's best young football players, that's mm-hmm. absolutely clear. And the way he finished, I think it was his first goal. It was a great example of how much quicker of thought he is mm. of players at a slightly lower level. Because mm. he, he, I mean, he, he casually passed it past the goalkeeper before the keeper even really knew what was happening. Yeah. And that's the quickness of thought that you get from those very top players. It is, yeah. Uh, I, I, there's been a bit of chat where Havertz will fit into the uh, Chelsea system, Vish. Uh, well, probably just there. Yeah, I wonder if he was helped by, by having Tammy Abraham in front of him. And well, he said that, he didn't he? He said he yeah. enjoyed playing with... Uh, oh, the link-up play was fantastic. Yeah, it was yeah, really yeah. Yeah. very well. And again, that was something that pleased Lampard. Yeah, yeah. And, and similarly, I think there were a few times last season where Tammy Abraham looked a little bit isolated because mm-hmm. he doesn't really have... It, ha- well, he didn't have anyone like that last season to a point. Um, and yeah, no, I, I thought I thought Havertz looked, looked very sharp. Again, obviously... Because of the dropping quality, you mm-hmm. know he's not going to get that kind of space 
on a Saturday or Sunday, let's say. Um, well, unless you're playing a handful of teams in the Premier League. It does depend yeah, who they're playing. True, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the Champions League, you have the keys to the pitch probably, would you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's fair. Um, but, you know, as Luke said, you know, Barnsley coming against a team of that much quality, they're always going to be undone. They didn't have to help them as much as they did, though. <laughs> yeah. I feel like every, I feel like for about four of those Chelsea goals, I mean, obviously you mentioned that the, the four Barnsley players had an yeah. areas next to their name, but I feel like two touches before Chelsea put the ball in the net, <laughs> the touch was from a Barnsley player. Yeah, it was. Mm. Either playing it across his goal or just miscontrolling it's, the ball. It's almost like Barnsley went, right, let's get this over with. And so I went, no, no, the game is still the same length. Yeah. Yeah, once it's done, it's not done until 90 minutes. <laughs> so when you're still going to have to play the same amount of time. You yeah. don't have to give them quite so much help, you know. It's not like a best of seven series where you get to four and like, right, Okay, that's done. That's done. Let's go. Study play the other three. Yeah. The um the interesting thing about it though is I uh, you know when you look at the score lines yesterday I know we'll, we'll talk about a few other games mm. but um, I kind of went into this midweek thinking you know I wouldn't be surprised if teams tank this because there's nothing really to get out of it to a point mm. you don't want unless you think unless you real have real ambitions to win it there's absolutely nothing in it playing these mid- midweek games mm-hmm. and I know um Kate and the team yesterday it touched on it in terms of how ridiculous the schedule is but I mean you know beyond kind of having their pants pulled down to a point um, as did Morecambe by losing 7-0 I don't think they'll think twice about what happened yesterday Barnsley no, no I, don't, I, I don't think that and, and I don't think they should either no. No. Um, no, no. but I mean the old the old kind of conventional wisdom would probably suggest and it's Mark it's definitely something you and I have spoken about a lot on this show over the years is that you know when you come up against a big team you don't really want to get battered because the confidence can take a knock and mm-hmm. the rest of it. But I think in this context, it's probably a, not irrelevant, but certainly not of that much importance. Yeah, agree, yeah. and, oh. the other, and the other aspect is, you know, a lot of those fixtures are for fans. You know, Barnsley would have taken yeah. a great deal of fans to Stamford Bridge last Definitely. night. And, you know, it would have been a huge deal for Morecambe to um, to welcome Newcastle. And, yeah, without that, that, you'd lose a bit of that. And beyond the, you know, the personal pride of players and wanting to test yourselves against better opposition, or even, you know, I don't want to sound frivolous about this, but even a Barnsley player yesterday maybe getting Kai Havertz his shirt... You know that's quite a big deal. Yeah. That's that's patronising now. You get the rounds of patronising. <laughs> we can't do that yeah. now, can you? Because of um, because, of because, corona, of because of the Rona. Yeah. Um, well, because of Corona, we can't patronise people. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the it? symptoms. Um, by the way, it, I've been dying to say this for a few minutes. I'm well aware that I mixed a metaphor when I said he'll have the keys to the pitch earlier. <laughs> Yeah, no, not necessarily because you might have to unlock the, to get to the pitch. Okay. Yeah, they lock up. They lock up. You know, five assigned pitches yeah. and stuff like that. You've been very generous, yeah. to a gentleman, and That's I right. like it. It's a nice sea change. I'll give me some more shit later on. For, yeah, for years. <laughs> um, can I just jump in really quickly on a more general point because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about some other games in the, in the EFL Cup where there were a lot of goals. And mm. I think, without question, now I don't think it's too early to suggest that based on what happened last weekend and based on what happened last night, that we're seeing players play without a lot, a lot more without fear now. I, th- I think yeah, the reason we're, the fans. I think we're seeing goals because people are taking more risks and I think that's why we're, and I think it will continue throughout the season because there's, there's, you know, the, what, what's I think often forgotten is that teams play behind closed doors friendlies against other teams all the time and sometimes they're obviously even playing against reserve 11s or mm-hmm. whatever and they're quite used to work on shape to play on things and to try things in a game situation where there are no fans and I wonder if even subconsciously this is now translating through because it doesn't feel mm-hmm. as big as it perhaps should because it's impossible to replicate with that. That's fans. a very interesting point actually. It certainly felt like that on the first day of the season at Anfield. Mm. With the four three against Leeds, especially from a That's Liverpool what point of view, first made me think of it. Yeah, it's probably too early to say then, but I think as we move through the season, you might find it carries on. So what? What the media, what the press, 
what, 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 what needs to happen there is ramp it up. Yeah. And it's not let them get away with this nonsense. I don't want goals to Less become... Less goals! I don't want goals to become boring. Like we said earlier in the week about how, you know, Portsmouth delivered with a nil-nil. Yeah. So they're not, they're not subscribing to I it. was going to say, yeah. But what do, you some... th- do you think about that? Now you've had a few days to reflect on it. Do you think? Do you feel the same way? Um, sort of. I, well, I think there are loads of factors that go into it. Um, you know, what you touched on there about, um, you know, players being willing to risk things. I think you can you can strip that down as well and, and say that players who are often good in training who don't quite translate yeah. in front of a crowd are, are now feeling, I suppose... Were more, you one of them? More bullshit. No, no, I could, I, I, could, I, could, I could only do it with, you know, when the fans watching. Oh, and that's why I didn't... Yeah. That's why off. socially distancing... <laughs> so it's, it's a shame because it means if we get 50 Ramble fans in there, Vish yeah. would put yeah, in yeah, like you wouldn't oh believe. Yeah. He's like yeah, Donald yeah. Trump. Yeah, yeah, we could squeeze an extra 10% out of him, man. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> it could probably hopefully get a bit more than that. <laughs> What's ten percent of fuck off? <laughs> um, I, I think the other factor is um, just very simply that the ball's in play a lot more as well. Um, there's uh, you know, oh yeah, what the stats are now? I haven't seen that. That's interesting. Well, so they did it after the um, the Bundesliga finished their twenty nineteen twenty season, and I think they found it was it was uh, the ball's in play for. I think just over 10 minutes more than usual. Is that because right? no one wants to hit it into the stands because someone has to go well, and fetch well, it? Because, well, because uh, the, you know, the balls are right there yeah. to, to pick up and obviously fans don't keep the balls when you when you boot them into the stands uh-huh. and stuff like that. Right. And I, I think that has a factor because... So it's more opportunity to score goals, basically. Yeah, and, and also, you know, no one's really had a pre-season, no one's had a chance to mm-hmm. work on defensive shape. That's, that's the one thing that goes straight away. It's the tactical side of it. Mm. The fitness goes to a point, but it's the tactical side but of you it. See, really you see goes. that in the difference between top-level club football and international football that mm. the, the managers don't get a chance to work so much yeah, with the players yeah, and all that kind of stuff yeah. well Chelsea themselves will be hoping that they can do their part in keeping the goals down big Thiago Silva ooh Thiago Silva you started off too low there did I? yeah you want to be going oh Thiago Silva I was leaving that to you you do the high ones I do the low <laughs> ones and, uh, <laughs> uh, and Vicious one extra one yeah uh, <laughs> there's no dead wood you just <laughs> You just come in with like your own thing. You freestyling. Yeah, yeah you're freestyling, mate. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Turned 36 this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 a clean sheet on his, uh, on his debut. Absolutely yeah. mar- it's great to see him. Yeah, Brussels was, Brussel was reticent. To, well, Brussels was worried that it could blow up in his face. Because he's gone from the Champions League final to a League Cup game against Barnsley. Oh, come on. He might get, he might get complacent, that's what I'm saying. Okay, well, I, yeah. I think that's unlikely. But yeah. uh, but Frank Lampard said about uh, Thiago Silva, he uh, he gave us uh, a, a lot on the pitch, but he also gave us something for me on the night in the dressing room. Oh, wow. Has he said that out loud? Yeah. What I mean, could he, that be? He did look very, very pleased with it. <laughs> um, he Mark, did... Are you suggesting that Thiago Silva had sex with Frank Lampard? <laughs> How dare you suggest that I'm suggesting that? All I'm saying you is You might that, say that, Vish. We couldn't possibly comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you actually cut in because that was only half of the quote. <laughs> and on the pitch uh, of a leader with authority in terms of his demands on others. Yeah. Does that clear it up for you? I think it does to a point. I was wondering about um, his language skills. I, I, was, I was as well. Because I suppose, you know, he can't necessarily... Uh, but Lampard commented some, on that. Maybe there's some universal words that he could use that would be understood. But I reckon it would be... You're kind of cool by association playing with Thiago Silva, aren't you? Yeah, but Lampard talks about that. He obviously doesn't speak English, or very little, if, if, if he does I at all. Th- I thought he does. Well, that, well, Lampard was saying there is a little bit of... People said there was right. potential language error, but Lampard said, I, I don't think that matters, because when you see him barking orders and shouting people's names... You know what stuff, he means. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I think the way Lampard spoke about him, he was like, oh, yes, this is what we need, exactly yeah. what we need. Now, they may only have him for a season, because of his age. I mean, you never know. He could, he could do Two-year deal, but he might not. I guess he okay, might. Okay, so it'd be one or two, you would yeah. think, would be, would yeah. be all they get, but it just sets the foundation, and for some of the younger players coming through, very, uh, and, very and, promising. And the other aspect, of it, I think, that's really important is to Lampard is that he I think he 
clearly wants to work with players who are prof- so professional because yeah. if you look at what Jose Mourinho says about Lampard as a player mm. best professional I've ever mm-hmm. worked with like it was incredible it'll help Lampard as a manager as well yeah of course to have a general like that out on the pitch yeah. I mean, Mourinho benefited from that from Terry does it help uh, you to have this general on the pitch in it? it Vish indeed <laughs> uh, Vish then yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> five, five foot seven general <laughs> it's alright it's not wrong with that What's wrong Napoleon with that? Napoleon exactly we, we talk look about, what happened to him about, <laughs> uh, Kate Mason was defending Napoleon the other day oh, that does, that. listen really that does not surprise me <laughs> in any way at all My blue goodness. blood sticking together yeah <laughs> Because <laughs> you know Napoleon was quite famously uh, not actually that short. He was like average height. He of was his of time. his time, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But it's obviously called the Napoleon complex uh-huh. now. I thought he was great in Bill and Ted, though. But Chelsea <laughs> are on the verge of signing Edouard Mendy. Uh, for, I love that dance he did at the end. And uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> twenty-eight years old he is. Um, now I, uh, people are uh, sold Pedro, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Don't make it obvious. Yeah. P- people are sort of wondering about. This. He's, he's, he's not played that much as a number one if you look at his his stats. He had a couple yeah. of a couple of full seasons recently, so um, it's a reasonably high price tag. Uh, but if people are wondering what what what's going on here, I mean, I was asking uh, Senior Brassel uh, about him because he has more knowledge than probably anybody on this, um, but. Andy seemed to think that, as, as I'm sure a few people would as well, that this is not a signing to replace Kepa. Mm. Um, because, again, if you look at this, this goalkeeper, you know, he's a handy keeper, he knows what he's doing, of course, but he's not uh, a huge superstar coming in who's, you know, been playing uh, an awful lot of first-team football for a big club. So he's coming in there to really challenge Kepa, I think. Yeah. Because Kepa's too much. It's too much money for Kepa to just be chucked out. Kepa's not so much a goalkeeper. He's more a kind of moderate-sized country's GDP. You could and say. And it's very <laughs> difficult to <Yeah>. kind of... <laughs> You're off now, mate. See you later. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's probably a wise move, isn't it? I, I don't know that much about Mendy. I'll obviously defer to Brussels' knowledge, mm-hmm. as I do every single show I'm on with him. Um, but, you know, it makes sense to bring someone in to at least compete a bit more because mm-hmm. of Caballero's age and he knows the stage of career he's at. And maybe if there's no one to challenge him, mm. um, it's going to make, it's going to essentially make the problem worse basically would you yeah. go along with that Vic? yeah definitely I think it's a similar situation um, with Manchester United with regards to when actually I think Brassel said this yesterday on the pod but when Sergio Romero played you knew he was playing as a second string player mm. yeah. and it's the same with Caballero yeah. you know Kepa will know that okay I'm still number one here um, I also think Chelsea have got to finesse this um, and I think so far they're doing it well but they've got to finesse it because if they come into a situation where they want to sell Kepa mm-hmm. He's, his price tag is going to be judged on what they paid on Mendy because mm. other clubs are going to think right well if you've only paid you know 30 million or whatever it is for the guy who's replacing we're not going to pay more than 30 million for this for this write off that you're you mm. know you want to get rid of do you think he is a write off then oh, no no I don't I don't I, I think they, they've done it in the right way I know we, we slated him for his um, his mistakes against Liverpool uh, but which I, I think, think is a key part of this show you know, if someone plays like shit you've mm. got to say that. No, no, no 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 of course yeah. of course but but I, th- I think like when we Maybe in a year's time, when he has, if he has rediscovered that form, I think th- how the next week, month goes, when Mendy's ingrained in the side, and things like selection are going to play a huge part in where they want to be, which is Kepa back as an unequivocal first eleven player mm-hmm. in form, and you know justify that price tag that they paid. Well, it, two reminds, years ago. it reminds me of what Manchester United did with David de Gea. You know, there was a lot of question marks over de Gea, and uh, was it uh, Lindegaard? It was a sub keeper. I forget. It was Lindegaard. Yeah, yeah. Lindegaard played like a couple of big Champions League yeah. games and, and Were stuff. They like purchased that. at the same time. Possibly, I can't remember. Yeah, but uh, but you know, David Hay was then sort of um, 
you know, it was done in phases and sort of stages, which which could be the case. Talking of goalkeepers, we go to Fleetwood Town 2, Everton 5. Jordan Pickford with errors for both goals. Ancelotti said the first goal was a bad pass to Pickford, putting him under pressure. Uh, Luke, you disagree? Well, I don't necessarily disagree. I just don't. I just don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it can be both those things, can't it? Just yeah. boot it. I, I I do think that, and I think I think that there's attack. There's, there's clearly a, a, as everyone who's probably listened to this knows. There's there's a movement now where goalkeepers start attacks. They need to be good with their feet. They need to be able to pass the ball properly. And the best goalkeepers in the world can do all those things. I'm no question about that. And generally speaking, pick. There's probably one to pick for strengths, but there's a difference between a general tactical approach and you have to do that all the time no matter what the circumstances are and I think if you've got the ball one yard out from your own goal and you're getting closed down there's nothing wrong with booting it mm-hmm. if you're booting it one time in 50 it doesn't mean you've changed your overall tactical approach it means that you're making the right decision mm-hmm. at the right time you know defenders are expected to play with the ball now a lot more but how many times these days still do you see a counter-attack happening a defender who's back on his own running back towards goal will just play the ball out of play so we can reset, we can not concede a goal, and we can defend again properly. It doesn't mean their approach overall has changed. It means that you're making the right decision at the right time to um, to avert a, a, a concession of a goal. So <clears throat> I think Pickford's got a track record here of not making the right decision at the right time. Now, it's a weird, almost like a paradox, that he is very good with his feet, and he's technically decent, but at the same time, it's his biggest weakness because he can't make the right decision at the right time. And I think... And I want to make a big shout here, and you guys can, you know, can crop it out for social and, and get everyone to laugh at me. I don't mind. I'll take it on the chin. <laughs> I think the only barrier, based on the manager they've got and the players they've signed and the start they've had, I think the only barrier that Everton have got to push them for a top four place this season, and that's a competitive league, but I think they can do it, is the goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway should have left a gap there so sorry, prop it out sorry about that everybody <laughs> <laughs> I do I think they've got a lot of potential I think they've made a lot of changes I know it says it's 5-2 and mm-hmm. the Fleetwood aren't as good a team yep. but um, really Everton dominated the game it was only the two mistakes that kind mm-hmm. of let Fleetwood in I don't know if you, if you feel the same Vish, way about, well, about well, Everton Vish. I mean Vish it was another 5-2 win for the Toffees so soon after the last one do you think they, uh, they're in for a shout for top four are they, are they, are they thinking about those things sorry I'm just Drafting my quote retweet of uh, <laughs> hashtag mug. Um, yeah. Just on the Pickford thing, I don't think he um, he messes around for that particular mistake if he's not playing Fleetwood Town. I think there was a, there was a hint of arrogance about what he was trying to do with the ball because he had two players closing him down. I disagree, Vish. I think I think it, I, I think defending him now. I think he's too busy. He's, Pickford is too busy all the time. But there could be a shout to say that, I mean, if he was concerned about the pitch or something like that, you know, the pass was was to his goal and he thinks, I need to take a touch to make sure it doesn't sort of go over me. Or no, I, I think I think he was trying to beat one of them. I think he was trying to beat them on the outside, on the left. And Do then, you think? Yeah, yeah. Oh, way, I don't know. I don't know. Either or, it, it, it was an error. Yeah, no, the yeah of yeah. course, yeah. Um, the, the, I, so I'm, I'm writing a piece on, on goalkeepers at the moment, specifically on how a goalkeeper gets back into form. So and you know more than anyone then? Yeah. In the world. Go on then, educate us. Yeah. So Pickford came up a couple of times as someone who, you know, makes high profile mistakes and, and is, is picked out for those mistakes because he is the England goalkeeper and understandably so. That's, you know, that's the burden of, of his position and his privilege, I suppose. Um, but one of the one of the other things about Pickford is that he it's gonna it's gonna sound really stupid because the, these are costly mistakes. But he keeps making those mistakes because he keeps 
trying to do those things that he's he's good at. You know, he is good with his feet. He is required to mm-hmm. distribute the ball in a certain way. And so, you know, he it's no no different to a midfielder misplacing a pass. You know, someone who might have an eighty two percent pass ratio because he plays ambitious passes, for example. Mm-hmm. The 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 real issue with Pickford, and as you said about him being too busy, I think it was, um, is that he is too he's too active. He's too vocal. This and has been a level look, that Joe Hart. Yeah, and it, yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah, and it's one of the um, one of the uh, phenomenons of modern uh, goalkeepers, excellent modern goalkeepers. When you think of people like Allison, Edison, uh, is that they are quite quiet. They, they'll talk to their defence, they'll organise their defence, but they're not, they're not shouters for the sake of it. You know, Ben Foster's probably well, last year was probably the loudest goalkeeper in the league, and you know, it doesn't that doesn't equate to you know having. Organization Do you think or, that's a factor, though? I think it's a factor to a point. I think if you if you're, I think it's, pre- a, very, it's a very broadsheet opinion. No, but I, I think if you're if you're preoccupied with image, then you're not going to be able to concentrate on the on the most sure. important stuff. And I think one of the one of the other elements to it is um, is that one of the things that I, I've, I was told about Alison in particular is how much his faith and things like meditation help him outside of mm. football, and how he uses that calmness on the field. And I think he. He's able to kind of he'll make a mistake and able to go past it because I think he has a degree of um, mental toughness. Yeah, men, mental toughness, but also just he can, you know, he, he knows what's important in life. He, I suppose he has context to to his errors sure. and he understands that he's playing in an excellent team and playing a certain role. And I think Pickford in particular doesn't. I think he's really preoccupied with holding on to this England spot, with being England's goalkeeper. And while t- doing all these ambitious things, I think eventually it's going to wear on him. I think he's got to be very careful. And the reason for that, I think, is because twenty nine, sorry, nineteen twenty season. I think he ranked twenty third out of twenty eight goalkeepers in terms of save percentage as well. Mm. Wow! So if he gets to the point now where he can't be trusted to do the stuff that Gareth Southgate has very pointedly said mm-hmm. he's in the team for, he's going to have a problem, isn't he? Mm. You've got people like Nick Pope who, who's very solid, makes, keeps a lot of clean sheets at Burnley. It appears to be. A, a more and more credible alternative as time moves on. Mm-hmm. He's going to find himself without that England jersey if he's not careful. He is. He is, gentlemen. Um, it was, uh, but despite Pickford's efforts, uh, it was a it was a good win for for Everton. You um, think they've got a lot of potential with the manager they've got and the players they've signed. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Of course they do. Yeah, I think Everton have been very entertaining this season. Uh, anyone with, uh, who would suggest otherwise is a fool, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Um, speaking of which, Joey Barton was pleased that Everton turned up with a strong side as it showed Fleetwood respect. And I thought, well, considering how much respect Joey has given. <laughs> and others over the years he knows respect uh, when he sees it alright ladies and gentlemen we're going to go for a quick break and then we're going to talk about Newcastle United How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash ramble. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Before we talk about Sir Joel Linton, let's have some emails. Uh, the email, uh, the new email, of course. Is it still new? It's just a reminder that the email address is show at footballramble.com. Don't send it anywhere else, you punks. Well, you can, but it won't be read by us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, you could I mean, send emails to whoever you want. Send but... your football opinions to people you think might like them. That's yeah. true. And include us if you want to read out on this show. But if you've got a good one, <laughs> send it here, yeah. Show at footballramble.com. <laughs> Gerard Moran writes, uh, just a thought on the one point for a half-time win idea brought up by an emailer this week on the Football Ramble. Um, <laughs> Can I just say, Marcus, yep. uh, let you know... <laughs> People do this, right? And we regularly just embarrass them, yeah. right? They still do it. That's right. No one stops. It was like Jerry Springer. Do you remember that? Yeah. People still go on Jerry Springer. I've got something to tell you, love. All right, what are you going to tell me? Well, I'll tell let's you go on Jerry Springer. Springer. Oh, that's not like good news. Is it bad news? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy who emailed us every week for about a year about the winner of the FA Cup get the Champions League place. Yeah. Every single week he would email him. I think he was a Russian like bot. queuing up yeah. for the school bully. <laughs> <laughs> Take my money. Yeah. Uh, yes. Have you noticed with my Yansport bag, if you pull really hard down, I'll fall over. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give that I've got a Yansport bag. Yeah. Don't do that to me. 
<laughs> you could reach. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I interrupted Gerard, Marcus. Sorry. Right, yes. Uh, Gerard said, if this was implemented, imagine a scenario where Manchester City needed a point on the last day to win the title. I just can't imagine that at all. Yeah. Uh, they're playing Aston Villa, who are in the relegation zone, and they need a win to secure their Premier League status. Villa know they have no chance, so devise a strategy where they put no effort in the first half and let Manchester City score early. When the halftime whistle goes, Manchester City win the league and the celebrations start early in the half time, uh, in the dressing room at half time. Edison, Laporte, De Bruyne and the lads come out tanked up on champagne for the second half and Villa capitalised. Win the game 2-1. Hey, I thought they got hammered in the first half. 2-1. <laughs> uh, I like the idea that Gerard's idea doesn't fall down at all with the idea that Vasta Villa we're going to very specifically let you score only one goal Man City yeah. and you'll have no say in that. Yeah, well, Gerard finishes the, the email by th- saying think of the scenes after the match. <laughs> Well, yeah, okay, that's convinced us all. I another, think. another way of putting it, um, yeah. Gerard, think of the scenes after the match, yeah. which will literally be the death of the sport in this country. <laughs> so, I mean, enjoy it while you can, because it won't be out there afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Greg uh, Peterson and Toby Austin both followed up with some finalised tables based on the points for winning each half idea uh, from yesterday. Uh, Greg writes, uh, Hi, Ramblers. Thanks to SoccerStats.com, I've worked out the table for the 2019-20 Premier League with three points for a win, one point for a draw, one point for winning the first half and one point for winning the second half. Seriously. We are waist high in this now. In 2019... Should these people be put into care? (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? I mean, the Football Ramble is ultimately a community project. It is a community project. It's a gated community project. (laughs) It's how people want to spend their time, Vish. When uh, when you turned up, maybe, Vish, but I was very happy to be employed by by this operation. Uh, 2019-20, not much changes. Not many changes. The top six remain the same. That gives you a bit of faith in the current system, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the three uh, teams that got relegated are the same. So I think we can all breathe a sigh of relief there. In fact, the only changes are Arsenal um, uh, uh, squeaking by Wolves, as he put it, for seventh. Palace moving up a spot on Watford and Bournemouth swapping places inside the relegation zone. Yeah. So interesting. So actually, it wouldn't really make too much of a difference. Uh, because it's a Wednesday afternoon here in Iowa. Well, OK. Ramble International. Yeah, and I'm bored. I checked the 2015-16 table as well hoping that the general insanity of that season would produce something exciting here as well. Here's the actual movement. Spurs take second place away from Arsenal and Manchester United fall from fifth to seventh. Would that have changed anything? No, of course not. Because Manchester United won the FA Cup and Man City won the League Cup and United, Southampton, West Ham would have headed to the Europa League the next year anyway. My goodness, it was a boring day for you. Um, In summary, it sure looks like the point for winning a half system doesn't change much. Well then, we don't need to employ it. And let's never talk about it again. That's put that yeah, to bed. Yeah. That, I can't that, believe he's gone, he's gone through that and figured out, I've realised at the end that nothing has changed. <laughs> Shouldn't you have spent more, he, what, what's probably, his name? He's probably thinking, um, his Greg. name was Greg, yeah. So, I, I think... Focus on the Iowa caucus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Greg, Greg Peterson is. and Toby Austin, fine men. You, you, it would have been still a complete waste of time yeah. if the result had been, oh, guess what happened? Yeah, Aston Villa won the league or whatever. Mm-hmm. It would still be a waste of time. It's still totally irrelevant. The fact that nothing has changed yeah. says that we don't need to be talking about this again. The whole thing was a complete waste of time. Um, <laughs> I think I think it's the enthusiasm that which we, with which we greet the emails that made us. <laughs> really... no, you say that, but it makes people email him more. Yeah, I think they, they, they're trying to... I don't know. It, I feel a bit like Simon Cowell in the early stages of... Uh, 
you know, same X trousers or whatever. Same so, trousers. Same, same, same trousers. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Um, same, Marcus, same amount of work done but, as well. But, but you guys, <laughs> I think he works very hard, and yeah. I don't. Okay, yeah. don't don't sully Simon Kettle's name like that. I meant surgically, but God. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> you, you guys. Um, don't understand that if you go on the show and you're really nice, you say, we'd love to hear from you. Please email in, email in show at footballramble.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, nothing. If you say, you listen, you bunch of absolute losers, <laughs> your ideas are trash. <laughs> Don't bother emailing us. It's essentially come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. Yeah. Treat a mean, keep them keen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, gentlemen, we, we, we promised uh, Newcastle United chat and we're going to give it to the good listeners right now. They hammered those little slugs, Morecambe, uh, 7-0. Uh, Joel Linton with a near hat-trick vish. <laughs> near hat-trick. <laughs> yeah. Um, Two again, thirds of a hat-trick. Spurned the chance, of course, for a hat-trick. Yeah, yeah. That, that's probably, that would be a complaint of Pete's, wouldn't it? We didn't get oh, yeah, big did time. Yeah, yeah. Well, why bother scoring the other two? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was an amazing <laughs> moment where the ball comes over and he's on the line yeah. and he doesn't try and put it in. He's very, he's far too polite there. <laughs> yeah. People, I, maybe one might say, oh, well, actually, we've seen that before and it'd be given offside. There was no way with that um, no group way. of players in the box. But yeah, he should be just, I don't care if that's... He looked Stealing. like he was scared of he was going to hurt himself on the post. Do you think? No. He's got quite good hair. You don't, wouldn't want to ruin that, would you? I don't think he would in, at any stage playing football. Well, really. so he's got, got a couple. Don't be greedy. Mm, that's yeah. true. One of them was a belter. Was. Uh-huh. And, mm. um, and I think there was quite a lot. Of, I mean, look, it's more away from home. They had a man sent off. We know that. There was an own goal in the mix, a goalkeeper error. Like I say, it's incredible to watch football these days. Mm. I mean, there's no fans. Fine. That's bad, mm-hmm. obviously, for lots of reasons. Um but the fact is, I mean, a lot is going on the pitch at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, there's a lot to process. Yeah. But there was quite a lot of good individual performances from Newcastle. Uh, I thought Murphy played well. I thought Isaac Hayden played well. Mm-hmm. I thought Almiron played well. Joel Linton played well. And and fine, it is only Morecambe. But Joel Linton's not exactly set the world on fire since he's been there. Ten man Morecambe. Ten man Morecambe. Mm-hmm. Morecambe unwise. Well, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Actually, I was thinking about Newcastle. I was thinking, you know, what's Dennis Wise doing with himself? And surely mm. that would be great. Surely they should, they should be. They should have to hire him. I know. In I some know. Capacity. I know. <laughs> oh dear! People in Iowa are listening to this again. What, what? are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. look it up. Trust look us, Morgan and Wise. Yeah. Just score at half time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> do they go through or do they not go through? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so they they certainly put them uh, to the sword. Uh, Miguel, any, uh, any glimpse of Big Brucey? Ah, uh, always more than a glimpse normally. But yeah. um, but Miguel Almiron's goal, which was in the twentieth minute to make it two went round the keeper. The way he well, scored he, that, he did. But then I think he lost a bit of. He you roofed know. it from, from three yards. But I think you've got... Oh, you go past the keeper, you hit it in first time. No, but this is the thing. This is my point, Mitch. The way he scored that, the way he kind of just trotted around the keeper and was like, oh, I'll have a thing, I'll sod it. Yeah. It was like the eighth of an 8 nil win. Yeah. And it was only 1 nil at the time, 20 minutes gone. Yeah. I think there's, there's that moment where he puts it onto his stronger left foot and then he panics because he thinks he's, think? he's getting closed down. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was a beautiful finish. It was nice to watch. I mean, what what is the kind of general consensus then about when you go round the goalkeeper, how you should finish it off? Are you saying you should slot it first time in a classy fashion? Because didn't George Best once flick it up and head it in? Did <laughs> probably. Big fan of that. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm a fan of, of of two ways. I think one is the hit it in first time. Mm-hmm. He doesn't matter with the weaker foot. The other is, I think what Milan Barros did a while ago for the Czech Republic, maybe against the Netherlands in a Euro qualifier, where he went past the keeper and then he got the ball under control again and then went to boot it in 
and a Defender slid. And uh, oh, I love that. Them. I love that. Yeah, I'm yeah, all yeah. over that. That's yeah. great, isn't it? A mm. bit of misdirection, basically. I, I saw, yeah, I don't I saw, mind that. Yeah, I saw. You a fan of going around the keeper, Marcus? Very much so. Very your time, so. you were a forward. Yeah, you still are. Yeah, you've moved back now. But when you were a pacey forward, would you like to go around the keeper? Would it be an option for you when you're one on one? Oh yeah. Big time. It's, I think I think it's the option. Uh, yeah. But I, I think, uh, yeah, you've, often when you see uh, the odd clip coming from, it's usually South America this way, like a player goes around the keeper and disrespectfully like gets on all fours and like nods it over the line. <laughs> yes. And it gets booted up in the air. For some reason, it's a riot. that is an unwritten rule that gives the opposition absolute carte blanche to yeah. kick the shit out of that player. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it, they, uh, they, they, there's nothing more disrespectful. The, be, the best thing about those South American fights that you see on the pitch it's, I mean, it's is, that, is that they, they understand their, <laughs> feet of their weapons yeah yes. Yes. Not, yes, why so would true. I go in and start swinging haymakers yeah. I can't punch but yeah. I can kick really hard I've got studs on yeah. I'm going in <laughs> and also as well the players come from everywhere it's like they're camouflaged it's like yeah. some sort of SAS operation <laughs> yeah. like they're coming from the pitch like I didn't realise he was there usually the rest being chased oh, <laughs> it, is, it is disgracefully none, none of that happened at Morecambe we should make that absolutely clear <laughs> it, should be, it should be a form of self-defence because Carl McGrath essentially is uh, basically fighting dirty yeah you know and so maybe that should be a thing, you know, South American footballers after something disrespectful mm. has happened. Because, yeah, not enough footballers use their feet to kick people. Mm. <laughs> not <laughs> enough. Clip that not out. enough. Independent journalist. <laughs> 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 what do you think about it? What else would you really like to see more of at Football Vish? Um, Fans invading, perhaps. A point, a point for half, uh, for winning the half? <laughs> Point for kicking someone with your studs? <laughs> you, you should be able to kick anyone who comes up with that idea again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you know okay. what I mean? They're just because no one really, you know, when people swing punches, they do it from such a distance, they never really get any contact. Yeah, Use right your right. feet, man. Yeah. Kick kicking back into football. Yeah. That's my campaign. Kick kicking back into football. Okay. Luke and I are very much distanced from. No, I, I'm. I'm. Um, I'm all for it. I might the kick point you a, a bit, actually. <laughs> I'm all for it for the point where I want it to happen. But if it does happen, I'll I'll step back and say it was your idea. Yeah, clever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slipping up the chain. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, gentlemen. Good win for Newcastle. A very good win for <laughs> yeah. Newcastle. You cannot deny um, what happened there. I, I don't want to. No, exactly. Yeah. You'd be you'd be ridiculous to to do such a thing. Um, right. Uh, I think that's the EFL Cup uh, nicely uh, wrapped up in a neat little package. There were obviously other good wins for other teams, and they march on. To the, to the next round Brentford against Fulham for some example some games tonight as well there are some games tonight as yeah. well uh, gentlemen uh, I'd like to uh, bring to the table uh, West Ham United yeah what the hell's going on there um, could have said that at any point <laughs> in the last show. few years yeah. yeah I mean this is off the back of David Sullivan giving uh, quite sort of in one sense, a very honest interview, and then another sense that that could be extrapolated out to an honest, but very strange interview. There's some sort of choice quotes uh, from uh, Mr. Sutherland. I mean, he said, "You know, we've got a very unbalanced squad. Unfortunately, at the moment, the players the manager wants we can't get. He'll be spending 18 hours a day trying to find players." Mm. I, was he looking under the way he says that it's like he's looking under the bed yeah. <laughs> or turning rocks over in the park yeah I mean, is he getting any sleep I have no winger under there just a, just a couple of wood lice yeah I mean, he, he, <laughs> they I mean, can't plan the wing well, tiny Sullivan made the sort of point that he talked about the finances which is understandable and he said you know we've also got the fact that we'll probably get no gate money for the rest of the season got to keep the club afloat okay well it's a Fair point. It was obviously a very, very tricky situation for, for football clubs and there's football clubs who are suffering far more uh, than that, of course, not that it's one-upmanship. Um, but then he goes on to say, you know, we've chased dreams the last two years and bought a pile of players, as he put it, who haven't impacted the club. Maybe they will over the coming seasons because there are some damn good players in there. But again, it's quite strange for such a prominent figure at a football club to come out with this sort of thing, Vish. And it, it's the, the, the reaction on social media has... has 
not been in his favour, it's fair to say. What did you make of this? Um, you know, as someone who works in my profession as a journalist, it's always, you know, having someone talking that openly mm. who's, who's heavily involved in a club is, you know, it, it kind of... It's what you want. Lend, yeah, it lends itself to transparency. And, and I suppose even for a fan as well, you want to know what they're thinking, even if you don't necessarily agree with it. it well, yeah, because explain... I don't want to chastise him too much because he's been very, very honest, but... yeah. But it's yeah. Go on. Sorry. The thing about chasing dreams and the pile of players is interesting because if you look at um, if you look at West Ham squad, it's like, you know it's like the football squad equivalent of TK Maxx. <laughs> There's some good things in there. There's a yeah. lot of junk. You've you got, got to really look got for a it. rummage. Well, yeah. that's, is that what Moyes is doing when he's spending 18 hours trying to find players? Is that just his own squad? Yeah, maybe. Mm. Maybe yeah, he just doesn't know how to use them. <laughs> but they have a squad where which is reflect uh, you know reflective of what they've tried to do over the last few years. Mm. They've aimed really high and then they've got people like Felipe Anderson and, you know, Yarmolenko. And then they find themselves in a relegation battle, which is why they have to put stock in someone like Mikel Antonio, who technically mm. isn't as good as them, but they know he's going to work very hard. Mm. And if you look at that front he's very three, effective. Yeah, and if you look at the front three that Moyes trusts implicitly, it's Jared Bowen, Mikel Antonio and Pablo Fornals. And what they all have in common is they're all hard workers. Mm. You know, Jared Bowen and Fornals bring that technical quality, but they're all going to run for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... This was always going to be the issue with Moyes, where he is going to be fearful of his job because of what happened the first time around. So mm-hmm. he's he's not necessarily going to you know put too much stock in, as I mentioned, Anderson and Yarmolenko, and so they're going to get rid of them if they if they start well, they'll keep him. But if they will get to a point where they'll probably get rid of him, and then they'll probably think, right, where West Ham? Where do we want to be? We mm-hmm. want to be at the top half of the table. Let's get ourselves a top half of the table manager. And the only thing that's going to be different this time around is you know the, the financial restrictions around coronavirus mm-hmm. and. Um, Swiss Ramble on Twitter who I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with he's done a really excellent breakdown of the um, named himself after us uh, yeah he did yeah um, he, that's uh, true by the way is it really yeah isn't it Luke love mm-hmm. that I believe so yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's, he's done a very, very, a very good thread on the prim, what Premier League clubs are going to lose by not having fans in and I think you know West Ham are in a situation now where they've they do have a lot of these players who they now suddenly can't offload because there's no money elsewhere either mm-hmm. so yeah they're in a peculiar bind you know just to go back to the point of, of David Sullivan I think I think there is greater transparency needed at West Ham anyway because, mm-hmm. you know, the Giangana sale, the way the players came out about that and, you know, to have your club clap in Mark Noble who is unequivocally West Ham, who mm-hmm. who is someone who's going to abide by you no matter what you do, the fact that he's stepping out of line yeah. and, and making such a statement well, was quite jarring, I thought. But, uh, but well within his rights to, and absolutely right to, but I thought it does speak of a club in conflict there. The current ownership have trashed the club. Yeah, no, no question, it. yeah. They've absolutely trashed it. And there's a number of different reasons how and how they've done it and why they've done it is, I guess, known only to them. It's either through a mixture of incompetence or dishonesty or probably possibly both. Um, I heard the interview with him on TalkSport, David Sullivan. I thought Jim White, who is... Who is you know is, is a nice guy, is, you know friend 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 of mine and and, and, a, and a good person. Friend of the ramble, you could say. He's he into our live shows. He's a friend, friend, a friendly guy and a not and a nice man and good at his job generally. But I think he dropped the ball a little bit on this interview because he didn't ask him those questions about Dean Garner. He gave him a bit of a soft soap in which Jim gets a lot of criticism for. I think in this case, it was certainly certainly the case. Um, but but generally speaking, West Ham fans, I've I've got what the people need to understand is uh, I don't necessarily want to speak on behalf of them, but if I may, just for a moment, West Ham fans have been used to having a club that actually cared about them. It was a, yeah, it sounds a bit cliched, mm-hmm. but it's a bit of a community club. This is a club that didn't go through many managers yeah. historically yeah. until these two came along. They're not used to being lied to so consistently mm-hmm. and so regularly about things like... I mean, when I did a show on radio, I'd get, I'd get people, people who ring in all the time 
and, you know, it's, f- it's easy to dismiss people, you know, oh, West Ham fans moaning or whatever, or they're this type of person. But the, the fact is... There's a uniqueness to it, to, especially if you compare it to other London clubs. But the fact is that they, they, they felt a real big part of this community and mm. they were told things, and I've seen it, I've heard it firsthand. They were told things on pamphlets and letters and things dished out onto onto chairs and seats at, at Upton Park at the bowling ground saying, don't worry, when we move to the new stadium, you won't be any further away from the pitch than you are now. We yeah. give you a guarantee. Or they'll say, we have to do this because we want to kick on and we can't compete for major honours if we don't move to a bigger stadium. Well, fine, the pandemic's happened now and there's far bigger things happening in the world that are difficult for, for football clubs and for, and for people generally. But they've had four years and they've done nothing. And, and, and it's been so haphazard and it's been so dishonest. Why has he given an interview to talk sport when he won't speak to any of the fans? Why has he not got a channel where he can speak to the fans directly? Because he doesn't want to. Well, you could that's what he was doing there. He's given an interview to a radio station. Mm-hmm. He can eat. There's, there's perfectly um, legitimate ways for him to speak directly to fans. They've got databases full of season ticket holders. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, they've they've not done that. They've they've not explained the Grady Diangan situation. They've not explained the lack of coherence in their transfer strategy or the direction for the club. And they've continually lied to their fans over and over again. And the reason it's important above all this is because football fans of different clubs have a lot more in common than they don't and it's regularly used as a partisan thing to go oh, laugh at West Ham laugh at this laugh at that people need to get real about how football is going to look in a year or two years time when this pandemic hopefully finally gets through but it's not being talked enough that Teams further down the pyramid are going to go out of business without some kind of rescue package. People are trying to say it. You know, the, the, the guy, um, who, Rick Parry, who runs the Football League, he's saying it on the radio all the time. No one's listening. It could happen to bigger clubs as well if they're not run properly. And I just feel a deep amount of... You know, I just feel passionately that fans deserve better than this, no matter who they support. And in the case of West Ham... I just think it's been an absolute scandal. And, and the way that they've conducted themselves and, and, and the way that they've run this club in the years they've been there, it's just been nothing short of an absolute disgrace. I think it needs to be said more. I, th- I think it's funny when he says, you know, unfortunately, we just have a very unbalanced squad. It's your fault. Well, That's yeah. the problem, Marcus. I don't want to take any responsibility. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry for, for, for ranting on, but you're either incompetent, mm. in which case it's your fault, mm. Or you're not up to the job and you shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Mm. And either way, it's your fault. You need to take responsibility. You can't... Because what will happen with these types of owners, these two here, is if they were to win an FA Cup, mm-hmm. would you think they're going to be first up there to get the trophy? Of course they fucking are. Are they going to be on top of the bus? Of course they will. Look, look we'll, we'll probably never know. <laughs> well, that's um, the sad but, thing. But in response to so that... So if you want the glory, you've got to take the responsibility. In, in response to that, uh, one of our fine followers, uh, Sam, on Twitter said, it can't get more balanced than this. It just, <laughs> just can't. can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, it's it's a it's a it's a sad situation for a proud historic club, in my opinion. It really is. It really is. I think the one thing that's also important to say for West Ham fans is that it's not just linked to what's happening on the field. There've been issues with regards to um, supporters groups being almost blacklisted by the club. There's also a situation where, having been such a strong community club, that you know they're not doing half of what they did at the bowling ground, despite the fact they've got a much bigger base. For example, you know, they're on the doorstep of Newham, which I think is more than 50% of kids live in poverty and they've talked a good game about what they do when they're in the area and they just haven't come good on end, you know, almost all of those promises, to be honest. So there's, there are non-footballing reasons, important life reasons why West Ham fans are all the more pissed off with their owners as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gentlemen, let's finish the football ramble um, with a little bit more positive news uh, about uh, potential investors and owners of football clubs. We've got Wrexham, of course. Uh, the club have issued a statement um, with, with some potential investors. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney are the names. How about this? I just didn't see it coming. Well, no. 
And some I'm, people did, because Ryan Reynolds, uh, somebody on Twitter eight years ago... <laughs> said, is Ryan Reynolds coming to Wrexham? Yeah, to which he replied. wonderfully replied to it, saying, I've waited eight years to reply to it. <laughs> but is, the, the one thing I didn't quite realise, but obviously I know Ryan Reynolds is, I didn't know how successful he is as a businessman. So he's got a gin business called Aviation Gin, which he sold for $600 million. Christ. So I'm telling you now, Wrexham, either for a combination of money and or gin, mm-hmm. the party is coming to Wrexham, if it happens, of course. Uh-huh. It's an incredible situation. Right? Why, why do you reckon they've chosen Wrexham, Vish? I have no idea. No disrespect idea. to Wrexham. I've never been there. I'm sure it's lovely, but it's not a footballing powerhouse, mm-hmm. is it? I reckon they just, on the name, it's quite a funny name, isn't it? Americans like funny names. Um... They sit the, Reynolds, I mean, yeah. they're in the fifth tier of, of English football, so no, you're right, it's not a powerhouse. Over years of being married to an American, Vicious insight into the American psyche is that Americans like funny names. I mean, I'm living proof of that. <laughs> <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> that is very good. Chapeau. Oh, dear. I, I loved the, uh, the, the, the statement that said, uh, Mr. McElhenney and Mr. Reynolds will put forward their vision. Yeah. Marvellous. Well, it's, I think this will open people up to. Obviously, a lot of people know Ryan Reynolds, but Rob McElhenney is um, is a hilarious man. If you don't watch um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you should. Um, but also, when you watch it, I think you'll be struck by how mental it is and then think, oh, wow, he's taking over our club. <laughs> okay, so right. So it's the mind of a maniac, basically. Yeah. Do you know that Ryan Reynolds' uh, middle name is Rodney? So he's Ryan Rodney Reynolds. <laughs> that is very pleasing. R cubed. Very pleasing indeed. <laughs> yeah. um, Reynolds was in, or he, did, or he did the voice of Pokemon. Yes, Detective um, Pikachu. I mean, that's not right? what yeah. he's best known for. No, well, we're, bear with. Um, <laughs> uh, Pokemon, what was the game? Pokemon Go or something where people yeah. were running? Because they do sort of Wrexham, but you have to sort of find the players. That That'd be great. Wouldn't That'd it be, be good. A little yeah, tie-in. Yeah, there you are, you see. I don't think Ryan Reynolds owes the rights to Pokemon, though. No, but... That would uh, make him very wealthy. Uh, yeah, but I mean, anybody can rip somebody off, you know. Just it's the legal reproduc- re- uh, re- repercussions that happen after that. Isn't he also Van Wilder party liaison? Mm. So, I mean, that is... You know, again, it's just going to be party time, yeah. surely. Vish seems a bit unhappy with that. What's Ryan Reynolds' best work? then Vish yeah. well, I don't know. Well, didn't um, realise you were a completist yeah. mate. <laughs> Deadpool is yeah. that what you're going for yeah I mean that was quite good wasn't it mm. Yeah, they're both very sweary I wonder how that's going to manifest itself in um... in football where it's so clean now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, but in terms of I think people are going to come across their work you know die hard Rex and fans and be like oh wow okay I'm wonderful owners to see how this pumping goes. money into the club but oh dear potty yeah. mouths the pair of them it's also great news for people broadcasters who uh, base their entire career on doing puns around news mm. um, because Ryan Reynolds coming to football is a big hotbed for puns, isn't it? Yeah. No, not, not functioning on anyone in particular, mm-hmm. but yeah. We are. Just trying to think of more Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the football ramble for today. It's been an absolute pleasure. On tomorrow's show, I'm back with Luke and Andy. Yeah. Oh, hey. Totally. What a, should what be a, great. What a fabulous Friday. Looking forward to that. Uh, a bit, oh, by the way, a return back to the original Luke's game after a, a, a very welcome and enjoyable to listen to uh, deviation last week. Ever so slight deviation. It's good, though. Yeah. Do you want to play? You want to play? Pe- people you? are saying. I don't think he does. That I should. No. I don't know whether I should or not, but mm-hmm. um, I probably won't tomorrow. If you do lose at your own game, you will have to see yourself out, won't you? No, not necessarily. No, I think should. I mean, Eng- look, they lose. England invented football, didn't they? Um, <laughs> so, uh, there we are. <laughs> uh, right yeah. until tomorrow. Thank you very much, Luke Moore. Thank you very much. Thank you, Vish. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you soon. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this show ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.